everybody and welcome back to another episode of a WM32 football podcast. Uh, once again, being joined by Nelson for today. Um, in today's episode, we are going to be looking at the forgotten men um, within the Premier League. Um, and we, both myself and Nelson, we are going to come up with our very own forgotten men um, 11s. Um, so this is a little bit of a similar theme to what we've done previously with our underrated and overrated uh, Premier League 11s. But this time we're just going to focus on those players that are still at clubs, but you pretty much forgot they were there. Um, so it will work, um, as I said before, similar to our overrated and underrated uh, 11s. And just a quick one before we start as well. We are hit. We have hit, sorry, 90 subscribers on our youtube channel so make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn the notification bell on so you know every time we post we would love it if we could reach 100 subscribers as well so if you are watching and you haven't subscribed as of yet first of all what are you doing with your life um and secondly just make sure <laughs> that you do you do hit that subscribe button it would mean a lot to to all of us at, at wm32 football um and we hope that you like the content that we are producing um and get in touch if there is anything else that you would like us to cover um topic wise as well right nelson let's get started shall we forgotten men 11 um yeah i know this has been a tough one um not only for you but for us both really um i think the uh, the transfer window may have killed us uh, with a few selections um, here and there because I think we had some players in our teams or in our thoughts, um, but then have all of a sudden got moves. Um, so unfortunately do not qualify. Um, but Nelson, just take us through your team, starting with your goalkeeper, um, any contenders um, and let us know who you've gone with. Uh, yeah, I had some contenders to begin with. I had the likes of uh, Scott Carson, who is still at Manchester City. Uh, had no idea. Um, had Sergio Romero at Manchester United. Uh, I think he's still Argentina's number one, which baffles me. But um, yeah, and I also had Joan Ruddy. Joan Ruddy. Uh, and I've ended up going with Joan Ruddy because um, I think we, we all know him at his time at Norwich when he was in the league, was number one. Um, I think still for Achetzi, he's 34 years of age. So I think. The, the the blessing in disguise for goalkeepers is that even over their 30s, there's still a chance for them to still play, you know, at the highest level because um, compared to other positions that demand a bit more, like your midfielders and your attackers, there's always a certain range, age range in terms of where your prime is. Whereas keepers, they can they have that longevity on their side. So um, I think Joan Ruddy's been a, a steady goalkeeper in the league for, uh, for many years. Um, it's just been weird that he, I found that he was on one of the Premier League squads, so that's why I've, I've put him to be uh, to start off my eleven in goal. Not yeah. a bad shout, and as you mentioned there, obviously was a decent goalkeeper in his time at, at Norwich. Um, probably a rare breed uh, in the Wolves squad because he's not Portuguese um, or doesn't speak yeah. uh, Portuguese. Any, um, yeah. So yeah, like I say, probably a rare breed, but a fairly decent. Decent goalkeeper, um, no, for sure. Um, talk us through your back line um, and sort of formations that you've you've decided to to go with. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, my my formation is a four three three attacking, um, but my defence. Oh, I think if you your your side were to play my defence, I think they'd have uh, an advantage 
right now, especially your attacking front line, which we'll obviously find out later. But um, I start off at right back. Uh, my right back uh, is El Mohamedi uh, at Aston Villa. Uh, I've now gone for him simply because I know he's made a couple of appearances in the last few games and he, he sometimes comes in to deputise uh, at right back. But I think because he was a mainstay in that Villa side in the Premier League and then obviously they got knocked back down, came back up, he was a mainstay within that side. Um, and I think it was, I think when they, I think last season he was playing a, 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 a lot more games than he was this season. I think uh, he, he brings a, a certain quality, just experience, I would say. I think that's the only thing he would sort of bring that experience in the league. So I've gone for El Mohamedi um, because of that, you know, that period in his career when he was a mainstay in that right back side. And I, I, I recently went through Aston Villa's squad to find that he was still there, which, 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 yeah, kind of proves, uh, uh, kind of justifies why I think I've put in my squad. So I've gone for El Mohamedi at my right back. Uh, I'll move over to my centre back pairing. Uh, my first uh, centre back is Callum Chambers at Arsenal. Um, Callum Chambers at Arsenal is, uh, yeah, I believe a hugely forgotten man. We all know before coming back to Arsenal, before getting that really damaging injury to his knee, um, he was at Fulham, did well at Fulham, won player of the season, uh, and was actually in a defensive midfield role compared to where I put him at centre-back. Um, and he did really, really well there. Um, but since he's come back at Arsenal, um, he had a few run of games when Unai Emery came and was in charge, but then got that gruesome injury and now has been out for pretty much over more than a year, hasn't played a lot. I think he made a comeback this season, which I was lucky enough to go to in the Europa League. He made his first appearance in over a year. Um, but yeah, he's completely on the, he's not even in the, the reserves, I think. I think at times he played a couple under 23 games as well to kind of show that he's really fallen down the pecking order. Um, and the crazy thing is, I think he's still 26 or 27. So he could still offer a lot to Premier League clubs that are on obviously the wrong on the other side, bottom half of the table, such as your Brighton, um, you even your 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 Fulham. He could actually. I was surprised he didn't actually go back to Fulham and stay there permanently. And I think they would they could use someone like him right now in their squad because um, he does bring uh, an extra kind of uh, composure in that back line uh, when he can play. Uh, but I've got I've gone for Callum Chambers. He's my first centre back. Um, my second centre-back, um, I think we both considered him, uh, but he's not in our squad. Uh, and I, I mean, he's not in your squad, but I think my squad, and that's Wes Morgan. Uh, I've gone for Wes Morgan, uh, former title-winning captain of Leicester. Um, and yeah, we all know what he was able to produce in that, in that ridiculous, odd, I call it an odd blip season where <laughs> Leicester went and won the title. Uh, but full credit to him and that squad at that time. I think he stayed, he was still a mainstay a couple, two, three years after, but I think Leicester have obviously identified that they needed to bring in a young, fresh energy, and they've obviously got the likes of uh, Johnny Evans and Soyuncu at the back now, who are providing that stability in, in Leicester's defence, but um, yeah, I, I think as well, I thought he had departed already before I checked Leicester's squad, but obviously found and came across that he was still there, so I think he's 39. So I think, yeah, 39. So he's he's reaching he's reaching a stage where yeah I think now he, he should he personally I think he should be looking for a move in the lower leagues. You know he, he's done it. He's been a good servant at Leicester. Obviously the fans will remember him for what he's done 
you know, bringing that 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 Premier League title. So I've gone for Wes Morgan uh, to partner Callum Chambers in my centre back. Now my back line, as I said, I think your attack your attacking front line might favour might enjoy playing against my back line because mine's kind of lopsided in the sense that I haven't really gone for a natural left back, but I've gone for a person who can deputise Andreas Christiansen at Chelsea. Um, I've gone for him uh, because we all know that he was able to come into the side and he actually, and the crazy thing is just like Callum Chambers, he's still, he's still got age on his side. I think he's 24, 25. Uh, and he was part of obviously that back three in Conte's side, winning uh, title side that went on that ridiculous run of form. And um, he was brilliant that season, I remember. But um, I think it's been unfortunate for him that, you know, managers, different managers have come in. Obviously, Frank has come in before he got sacked and didn't really get a look in. Maybe had a few chances, but maybe didn't impress Frank or maybe he wasn't the player profile that fitted Frank's philosophy at the time. You know, he was there at the club. Um, I still think he can do a good job. I think other Premier League clubs, I'm surprised that other Premier League clubs haven't actually gone in for him um, to actually, you know, because he has that experience now. He's played... Uh, he, he was a part of a title winning side so bringing that experience to any Premier League club I think would be invaluable um, but he fills out my 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 back line so he would be deputising for me at left back so that's my back line Wes what do you think? Not, what do you think? Not bad as you mentioned there a little bit lopsided but I think um, may have to may have to just kind of get on with it um, really <laughs> uh, Wes Morgan interesting one um, I think as you as you quite rightly said, Leicester have kind of identified other centre-backs. Um, you know, you mentioned Johnny Evans and Sayunchu. They've also got uh, Little Wes, um, as he's called, uh, Wesley Fafana. Yeah. And, and Wes Morgan is big Wes uh, at Leicester. Um, and I think a potential one that could have made um, our, our squads, had he stayed at Leicester, was Philip Benkovic. Um, yeah. He was on loan at Cardiff early on in the season and then got recalled and then I think was sent out on loan to, to Leicester's sister club um, out in Belgium, but had a really, really good loan spell um, working under Brendan Rodgers actually at Celtic um, not so long ago. But no, decent, decent back four. Was there any other players defensive-wise that may have got the call-up um, for you? Um, looking at my squad list that I had before, you know, drafting my final 11, I, the only person I can see is Phil Jagielka. He was another person that potentially could have made my squad. But if I had placed him in, let's say for El Mohamedy, I would have had an entire back line of centre backs. So I was like, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. So yeah, the, yeah, pa the pace kind of... wouldn't have been uh, the pace wouldn't have been as great in that back line, that is for sure. No, probably an average pace of 10. But yeah, <laughs> that yeah, I think uh, yeah, Phil Jagielga was another person that I considered, but yeah, I ended up going with my back line. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Not bad, not what bad. About right. your, what about your team? We'll come on to my team, Nelson. Don't you worry. We're going to stick with yours ah. to, to begin with. I'm going to tease <laughs> you guys, um, and then I will I will reveal all uh, hopefully fairly fairly soon. Uh, so, Nelson, you've you've picked your back five, if you like, goalkeeper and back four. You've mentioned you're going four three three attacking. Who were the three that have made the cut in that midfield? Um, so I'll start with my two sentiments. Um, one of them I think will shock many because I'll get onto him in a moment. But um, uh, my first centre midfielder is Jack Rodwell, would you believe? Jack Rodwell, who is still at Sheffield United. 
Um, I think he signed for them last summer or the season before, but I think it was last summer. And um, he's come in and he's, I don't think he's gotten a game. Like, it's ridiculous to think that he was once, a, like, he was, I wouldn't say he was tipped for um, greatness or anything, but when he came through Everton, he was a young, refreshing lad in midfield, brought that energy. And I think the Everton fans really, really loved that type of player. And obviously, I think he was, uh, yeah, I think, I think, um, he had uh, in that midfield, I think they had Arteta at the time. I think he complimented and balanced the midfield that they had at the time. Um, he obviously was at Sunderland as well. Um, had, a, uh, uh, had a brief spin. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think and then when he made that move to City, everyone thought, you know, that was the next big step in his career. Well, he personally felt that, but it obviously didn't work out for him. Um, and now we find him back at Sheffield United, and yeah, the fact that he that Chris Wilder hasn't really turned to him, you know, to, to for him to come on, like I wouldn't say surprises me, but I, it's just I forgot that he was at Sheffield United. So the whole point of this is to put the forgotten men in there, and I think he certainly justifies why he's in that squad. So I've gone with Jack Rodwell, gone with Jack Rodwell. Um, so his. His midfield partner is someone that, you know, he's a baller in my eyes and your eyes. And at the end of the day, like, I just can't believe that, like, I think there's an element of, you know, I think that, okay, so my midfield partner for Jack Woodrow is none other than Donny van der Beek. Now, this is a sticky one, and I know people may feel as though no he's not forgotten we still know him from you know his Ajax days and stuff but uh, I think some people have actually forgotten that he made the transfer to United because he barely got in any run of games to start under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and every time he's come in it's either been in you know those forgotten matches in the Carabao Cup or, or the Europa League in the group stages where you know you oh, sorry I said Europa League there's me thinking United in Europa League but they obviously got knocked out of their Champions League group um but yeah um he barely even got a sniff in that Champions League squad as well. And um, he's only come in and played, you could argue, garbage minutes, you know, where United have won their games comfortably and he's just come on to, you know, get uh, get a run of games, increase his match fitness. And um, it's crazy to think that he, he made the move to United. I thought it was a stupid signing in the first place because they have enough attacking midfield talent as there is in uh, Pogba, Bruno... I think Juan Mata is there still at the club. So you've even got him too. So I put him in there simply because of the fact that he's not, obviously not getting the look in. And I think some people have actually forgotten that he's made that transfer to United because like at times I, I was even playing FIFA the other day with my brother and we wanted to play Ajax. He wanted to play Ajax at FIFA 21 and forgot that Van der Beek made the move to United. <laughs> so like that just kind of shows that, wow, like, a lot can happen and, you know, it's been six months since he's made that move, but a lot can happen uh, for him to be forgotten. So I'll put Donny van der Beek there. I wanted to get your opinion on this because I know he's one of your favourite players and I know you've looked at the Ajax side, especially the one that made that famous run to the Champions League semi-final, knocked out the likes of Juventus and Madrid. So give me your take on this little selection I've made. Um, Donny van der Beek has been a player that I have lauded for a good few years. Um, 
you know, saw him in his time at Ajax and he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, could play as a number four or a six, uh, you know, in terms of that holding midfield role. Uh, could play as a number eight, that box to box. Could play as a number 10 as well. I think he's got a lot still going for him. Um, and I was certainly hoping that, that Tottenham would, would sign him. Um, and I think even now, looking at the way Tottenham play and set up, he'd still be perfect in the, in the Tottenham team. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to Stevie Bergwijn. He was trying to get him <laughs> over and, and went to Man United. And, you know, I think everybody for at Ajax was sort of surprised that he made that move, as, as you mentioned, with the likes of Bruno and, and Pogba there as well. It was almost like, well, where's Van der Beek going to fit in? Um, you know, we speak about, again, like Bruno and Pogba attacking-wise, but also he could play deeper, but then he's got Fred, McTominay, Matic um, yeah. there. So it was always a case of, well, why have you made that move? Like, where are you going to fit in? Um, so, but no, listen, I love Donny van der Beek. I think he's just got so much energy um, as well. And yeah, I think he's a, he is a quality, quality player. Um, and I hope that it works out for him um, over in England and I hope that people get to see the qualities that he possesses like in you mentioned that Ajax side there he was pivotal absolutely pivotal for them they played with a false nine that year um, yeah. but his his energy to instigate a press um, when when they didn't have the ball was fantastic because Dusan Tadic was the the main player that you would say that was more central and sort of the yes, furthest up. Yes. Um, Tadic is a bit more of a, of a wider player, like number 10, with drifting off lines and things like that. So, but, so he doesn't necessarily have a lot of pace, Dusan Tadic, but it was kind of complemented very well by Van der Beek's energy. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely gutted uh, when he turned up at Old Trafford because I would, I would have loved him at, at, at Tottenham for sure, um, and he's got he had a good song at Ajax as well, so we can't we can't forget that <laughs> that side of things. Charming. He did so, yeah, yeah. Love, love, love Donny Van der Beek. Please, please, please get him some minutes somewhere because he deserves it. Amen, amen, amen to that. Um, so Donny Van der Beek and Jack Rodwell are my two centre midfielders. Um, I've gone for an attacking midfielder. Now, yeah, this brother is a, a guy that I think a lot of people have forgotten because he came through the Chelsea Academy and was tipped to to even break into their first team squad at one point. But I think just because his quality in general, like everyone thought, you know, he, 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 he would have a sustainable career. But it crazily hasn't worked out for him. Um, and that's Charlie Musonda Jr. Like... This, ah, oh, this guy was, you already know, like you said, football manager, darling. For me, he was uh, a, a beauty to play with in FIFA Ultimate Team because of his pace, because of his dribbling. Like uh, he, he, he would offer that directness. And yeah, he's, he's, a he's a, I think he has the talent. I think we all know he's a talented footballer, but I we all know that it takes more than that to succeed in this game today. Um, and it, somehow he's still at Chelsea. I know that Chelsea, um, I'm very critical when it comes to the way they handle, you know, their academy products, their, their players. Um, I watched a video recently 
where I had no idea he, if so basically Lucas Piazon as you know has yes. been at Chelsea for so long and he came out recently in this video talking about you know how the Chelsea loan system or loan department kind of treats their players or how Chelsea in general treat their academy players when they promise to give them you know a couple run in the first side but don't end up doing it ended up sending them on send them out on loan again and again and again he was going to make my squad if he hadn't moved out because he, he was also a forgotten man and he had he said he had a really good time at Fulham wanted to stay but obviously I think Fulham and Chelsea's rivalry I think got in the way of him potentially getting a permanent transfer anyway back to Masonda. Masonda is a very good baller like I said he can he can play across that you know in a 4-2-3-1 he can play across that you know that that midfield line and he can play wide as well um, so I really, really liked uh, Masonda, and I think he would have been. I think he could offer something to a Premier League club right now. I think he just needs a run of games to get that going, some confidence to get that going. Um, so I've put Charlie Masonda um, as my attacking mid. I wanted to get your thoughts as well on on Charlie Masonda because I know I've put two people in the field that yeah that I think you were, that you like in general as a baller. So what's your opinion on Masonda, Wes? Baller. <laughs> Enough said, I think, on that. Um, no, Charlie Masonda <laughs> is just different class. Um, been really, really, really unlucky with injuries. I think he's had three serious injuries in consecutive years. Um, and that is probably why he hasn't been able to showcase, you know, his talent and his ability. Um, completely agree with you in the sense he can play across that front line plays a 10, can play out wide, um, but unbelievable amounts of ability. Um, you know, the FM, the football manager players that are listening and those that are out there, you know about Charlie Masonda. Um, you know his qualities. You know he can produce. Um, it's just been so, so unfortunate with him that injuries have, have got in the way and almost stunned his development. Um, but no, a top, top player in the making just needs to stay injury free for, for a sustained period of time and get that run of games um, going where, as I said, he can showcase his talent um, and his ability. Um, and then people will, will take notice um, regarding Charlie Masonda. So no, he is, he's, he's a brilliant player. Um, and I think as well, he would do well in the Belgium setup. Um, with their kind of golden generation of players that they've got, um, yeah. I think he would he would fit in there seamlessly. Um, but he's obviously got some top players in there to try and to try and displace. But I think if if you know if he does get back up and running and you know playing consistently, there's no reason why he can't try and force his way into into the Belgium setup. But uh, Nelson, that is a not a bad midfield three. Uh, especially with Van der Beek and, and Charlie Masonda <laughs> in there. Um, Rodwell's going to have to do a lot of covering. I don't know if his legs have got the uh, have yeah. got it anymore. So that'll be interesting to to see. Um, so Nelson, your front three then um, that's going to that's going to get all the service from from the likes of of Donny Van der Beek and, and Charlie Masonda. Who's going to be on the end of these through passes and the end of the creativity from those two? Um, so yeah, I've gone to the front three. Uh, I've had to make some last-minute changes to my uh, to my to my front three, as any manager would nowadays. But um, I've gone. I'll start with my left wing, my left winger, 
Uh, and that is a certain player at Newcastle called Christian Atsu. Uh, Christian Atsu is a player that I completely forgot he was there at the club. I think, obviously, when Newcastle got promoted, he was important in that side that got promoted, um, but also came up and had a, a fair share of success, you would say, in the league as well. He got a run of games in their first season back uh, in the league. Um, but, yeah, I think, unfortunately for him, I think since Newcastle made the signing of Alan St. Maximin, I think there's no way, no offence to him, that he can display, like he can replace him. St. Maximin, we all know, is a different kind of baller. So I think it's really unfortunate that he's not been able to... Uh, Steve Bruce just doesn't see him as a, someone part of the squad. And I think for his personal benefit, I think he should try and get a move away from Newcastle this summer. I don't think he was able to get one in January. Uh, but who knows? I mean, you never wish an injury on any player, but obviously let's, let's say that, for instance, St. Maximin is injured for a few games. He comes in, does a job. Who knows? That could revive his career at Newcastle. Uh, but we all know he, he, he has quality as well on the ball, technically gifted, I think, and um, is a very good wing in terms of taking people on, crosses. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised to see that he was still at Newcastle. So that's why I put Christian Atsu on my left. So he fills in on my left side. Uh, we'll jump over to the opposite side on the right. Uh, the people that I had contesting for this spot were the likes of Shakiri, but he's now got in the run of games at Liverpool recently. Uh, Andre Yarmolenko was one that was a bit 50-50 at West Ham. Uh, but I've ended up going with somebody who was, again, like Wes Morgan, part of a title-winning squad recently, and that is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Now, as an Arsenal fan, I love the Ox. I loved him at the time at the club. I think when he retires, he should get a career at Sokayem or something because he is a bundle of energy. His personality suits the, 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 the football media world. But anyways, back to Ox on the pitch. Uh, we all know he was part of that winning squad with Liverpool last year. Didn't have much of a contribution. And I think since his time at Liverpool, just like at Arsenal, he has been, like you said with Masonda, I think he has suffered with a couple of injuries. I think he had one serious one at Liverpool as well. Um, and it's crazy to think that this is now his career, especially I'll never forget the game where Southampton played United in the FA Cup and all the hype was on him. Everything was on him. Like Everyone's like, look at this kid, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Like He's the next big thing. And we know how Southampton have been able to... I think Klopp identified him as somebody who could, you know, play in that centre mid. And even that run where Liverpool made the run to the Champions League final, they lost to Madrid, I think, 4-1. Or oh, Gareth Bell scored that ridiculous overhead um, bicycle kick. Um, Ox was actually part of that Champions League squad. Had, you know, in his very first season, I think he really made an impact. He scored a couple of bangers. He scored two bangers against City that same season, one in the league, Champions League, one in the, um, in the league as well. Um, but obviously, we know that Ox, one of his uh, greatest assets is that he's very in the mid. He can play on the right and left. Um, so I've put Ox as my right uh, winger. So Ox fills in on the right wing for me. Uh, and up top is somebody that I think you've forgotten as well, and that is Connor Wickham. Man like Connor Wickham. Uh, Connor Wickham. 
possibly know I'm trying to remember what club he plays for. Like <laughs> that's how I've forgotten like the, the fact that he's in the league. I just came across him on one of the Premier League uh, squads and was like, yep, Conor Wiggins definitely in my starting lineup. I had Wesley as well, who was um, contesting. It's not me, by spot. the way. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> just want to throw that one out there. Um, I had, uh, I had, um, yeah, not, not, not McGrath. I had Wesley in there, you know, you know, as uh, someone to contest uh, Conor Wickham, but um, he's barely had a run of games in the Premier League. I think you could say in the last two years. We all know in his career he suffered quite damaging injuries as well um, in his career. Um, but he's, I think if he does get a run of games, we all know he's a big target man. But at one point, I think I called him the white Lukaku simply because, yeah, <laughs> simply because he, he, he's a big target man and he offers a blend of pace that comes with his height, which I didn't think sometimes when you, when the taller the person, the slower they, they, they generally are. But he was different. He offered a quick turn of pace. Um, and was deceptively quick as well on the ball and offers a vicious, vicious shot when he can get one away. Um, so I think Conor Wickham, I think he's 27. I checked 27, 28. So he's still got an opportunity to, you know, do some damage. Um, however, I do not know if that will be in the league any longer or if he will drop down a couple of leagues. Um, but yeah, Conor Wickham uh, to fill in my front three, which consists of him up top, uh, Christian Atsu on the left and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain on the right. Not, that completes my team. Not a bad front three, that, Nelson, I have to admit. Um, was there any uh, players midfield-wise and, and forwards-wise that were close, that were in your thinking? I, I know you mentioned Wesley um, for the for the striker, uh, the number nine shirt, um, but was there any um, others that were close? To be fair, I think... There weren't many that were close, except for, I think I mentioned on the right wing, I, I got rid of Shakiri and Yarmolenko. Those are the other two across the front line that I kind of considered. I also had um, Ayose Perez of Leicester City, um, but I think he's made a couple, he's experiences. Uh, I think Rogers does use him a lot, obviously, in the, as part of his B squad, but also, you know, made a few substitute appearances here and there for Leicester, so... Um, yeah, I've, I've gone for those are the ones that kind of contested, but I, I'm happy with my front three of Ox, Wickham, and that. So, yeah, not a bad team, not a bad team. So, yeah, all oh, right, yeah. here we not go. Bad, then, here is my team. So, there was, I'm gonna start Four in ways. goal. Um, I'm gonna start who... in goal. Um, there was a few contenders, uh, for the number one jersey, believe it or not. Um, so I had similarly to you, I had Scott Carson. Um, Richard Wright 2.0, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the fact that City caught, sort of brought him in and then never played him and then brought him back, um, you know, on loan from Derby, I think is, uh, you know, obviously credit to him because he's gone from Derby, uh, sitting on the bench at Derby to, you know, not even playing at, at Man City and still getting paid for it. So, uh, you know, fair play to Scott Carson. Um, I had Tom Heaton, um, obviously still at Aston Villa. Um, was a really, really good goalkeeper for them in the first part of last season um, before getting injured. Um, so, yeah, Tom Heaton was in there. Willie Caballero um, at, at Chelsea, um, again, was a more of a backup goalkeeper, um, but really, really forgotten man there. Um, 
but I have gone with this particular goalkeeper because a little bit similar to Scott Carson was once upon a time at Derby um, and has gone to the red half of Manchester and has been chilling ever since he got there. And that is Lee Grant. Um, <laughs> properly, properly forgotten man. Uh, I think Mourinho signed him as like a third choice goalkeeper. Um, and he's literally lived up to that name because I don't even think he's played for Man United in, in the time that he's been there. Um, wow. so yeah, Lee Grant, um, again, a little bit similar to Scott Carson, you know, credit to him for, you know, making that move, um, especially with the age that he's at. You probably thought that he wouldn't get a move um, like that, but, you know, fair play to him for taking it and, uh, yeah, just sitting sitting on his backside, really, and, not, <laughs> uh, and just picking up a nice little paycheck. So, uh yeah, real MVP goes to you, Lee Grant. Um, right, formation-wise for me, I've gone with a 4-2-3-1 um, cool. as well. So back four, um, yeah, this was this was really, really tricky. Um, I had a few players in my team and then I had to change it because they ended up getting moves um, elsewhere. So they wouldn't have really qualified. Um so I've gone with the right back of Phil Jones, who is still at Man United, believe it or not. Uh, due a testimonial, but I think he come out and said that nobody would turn up, so he's not going to take it. Um, <laughs> you know, which, which when, when somebody comes out and says something like that, you know, it's never nice to hear, is it really? No, it's um, never, no. But yeah, Phil Jones, I know he's had a couple of injuries over over the past sort of couple of years, but has not really got a look in, um, especially in in Ole's uh, United team. Um, so yeah, Phil Jones uh, definitely gets in at right back and has experience of playing right back as well. So I'm not just trying to shoehorn players in Nelson, unlike you, just to get them in. My <laughs> like Phil Jones actually played right back. So um, yeah, that, that there's that one. Um, two centre-halves. Um, yeah, again, had to sort of tweak this a little bit um, to, to uh, you know, because of uh, sign-ins and, and things like that. Um, but first centre-half for me is uh, Bjorn Engels um, at Aston Villa. Um, was a key player for them last season, made a lot of appearances, um, but this season has not got a look in really at all. And I think that's probably down to the form of Esri Konza. Um, who has been yeah. brilliant for Villa. Um, but again, last season had that partnership with Tyrone Mings, did, did Engels. Um, you know, I remember him actually making a mistake. Uh, I think it was for Son's goal um, when, when Tottenham beat, beat Villa 3-2 at, at Villa Park. Um, and yeah, but I think, as I say, this season, down to the form of Esri Konza, who's been absolutely brilliant for Villa, he started to strike up a partnership with Mings. And Engels had just found himself completely out of favour and right down the pecking order. Um, so that's why that's why he makes it um, in in my team as, as the first centre-half. Uh, the second one, so the man that's going to partner Bjorn Engels, um, is Maxime Lamanchon from Fulham. Uh, I've gone for a bit of balance here as well because Lamanchon is actually left-footed. Um, cool. Came to Fulham the sort of first time that they came back into the Premier League after after a period away. I think he cost about twelve and a half million pounds as well. Um, and in that 
team. Obviously, we know it was a bit of a disastrous season for uh, Fulham that year, but was actually a, con- a consistent performer, not in the sense that he was pulling out seven out of tens every week, but he was always playing. Um, and I think it might have been yeah. because he was left-footed um, and given that balance. Obviously, Fulham had three three or four managers that season. Um, I think it might have been three, but they all kind of played him um, anyway. So, but again, coming coming into this season, hasn't I don't really think he's kicked a ball um, for for Fulham. Um, so wow. yeah, again, that's that's why he's, he's made it um, because you know proper forgotten man. But yeah, interesting to see that he's really really fallen out of favour considering that he was a mainstay in in the Fulham side. I don't yeah. know if maybe Scott Parker identified that maybe a lot of goals come down to him or due to him or or whatnot. So it's, it's really kind of binned him off, um, to be honest, which is, might be a bit harsh, but, you know, football's football at the end of the day. So, and, and managers get paid to make these decisions. So Maxime Lamarchand is, is in alongside Bjorn Engels. Um, and to complete the back four, I've gone big with this one. Um, we're talking an ex-England international um, and one that in his time was probably regarded as one of the best left-backs in the league and part of one of the best full-back duos in the Premier League um, at one point, um, and that is Danny Rose. Um, Danny, in, Danny. Instant Tottenham legend um, for his goal against Arsenal on his debut. Probably doesn't have to buy a pint Um in Tottenham ever again uh, because of that. But I think every every Spurs fan is probably of the same opinion that it's, you know, a real shame as to how it's ending for Danny Rose at, at Tottenham, uh, given that he's he's given a lot of years of service to, to the football club and now he, he's completely forgotten, hasn't even got a squad number um, for this oh, wow. season. And, yeah, been really, really bummed out by by Mourinho um I was very very surprised that nobody took a punt on him perhaps in in the January transfer window or even in the summer 30 years of age so he's still got you know a good couple of years left um so unfortunately for Danny Rose it looks like he's going to just see out his the remainder of his contract at Tottenham which expires at at the end of the season um and will be a free agent um, after that, but as I said, was was an, an England international at one point, and you know his relationship uh, with Kyle Walker um, as an attacking uh, fullback duo um, was was certainly up there at one stage in the in the league. It's probably a bit like Trent and, and Andrew Robertson um, yeah. at, at Liverpool at the moment. It was certainly Walker and Rose um, at, at one point um, in within you know defensive. Uh, fullbacks and those duos um, as I mentioned but yeah Danny Rose um, makes it as my left back in my forgotten men uh, 11. Um, There was a few that did get um, considered Um, Andres Christensen um, who you had I definitely had in my thinking Uh, Phil Jagielka again was another one I think I had Wes Morgan in at one point Um, Marcus Rojo was considered, but then got a demo ah, move. So I was absolutely gutted. Uh, <laughs> I think I had Callum Chambers down at one point as well. But um, yeah, gone with those. Uh, and then there's two 
of Maxime Lamontchamp's uh, teammates who were have been have been key for Fulham in the last couple of seasons, um, or certainly in the Championship, um, and that's Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy. Um, uh. I mean, I'm not Dennis Adoy's biggest fan. Um, you know, I've seen him defend. It's not it's not great. Um, you know, he makes Serge Aurier look like Cafu at times, so that kind of <laughs> says it all. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised that Tim Ream hasn't really got too much of a look in. I think he's played a lot of cup games um, as, as well. But, yeah, I think Tim Ream, since going to Fulham, was almost like a mainstay. Like, he was, you know, one of the main centre-halves. Again, left-footed, could play as a left-sided centre-back or even left-back. So I'm surprised you didn't pick him because... You know, he's got yeah, experience of playing left back instead of putting Christensen out there. He could have had could have had Tim Ream. Um that's true. But yeah, those two again, uh pretty forgotten men uh, you know, this this season certainly. Um so yeah, that's sort of my back line. Um I did have Neil Taylor in there as well, who's still signed on at Aston Villa. Oh yes, Neil Taylor, um, yeah. So yeah, again, Neil Taylor was re- I thought was a, a steady kind of fullback. Um, at Swansea um, in his time there. And then I think Swansea did a swap deal um, where Taylor moved to Villa. And I think it might have been, I'm trying to think of who it might have been now. can't remember anyway, but then they went to, to Swansea and I don't even think that particular move worked out. But yeah, Neil Taylor was always like a steady kind of fullback um, for me. And, you know, I was a bit, a bit surprised that he's not, really done a lot at Villa um, so yeah he was definitely definitely in my thinking for sure not bad Wes not bad I'm, I, I like your back line um, I'm just intrigued to see who you've got in your midfield to compete with my three um, so as yeah as we move on to your midfield tell us who you've got uh, in your midfield well you've got the guile um, I've probably got the the industry uh, in in my midfield, um, so I have gone for Mo Besic, um, who's still at Everton, believe it or not. Um, yeah, he was on loan at Sheffield United last season, and again, didn't really get much of a look in there. Um, it has been on loan at Middlesbrough previously as well, but I think Besic is a massive hothead. Um, you know, he's he's a loose cannon, but um, yeah, definitely forgotten. Uh, you know, certainly in recent years um, with Everton anyway. Um, so I think there was one particular game I remember. I think it was, this was a good few years ago. Um, I think it was a Saturday night game against Chelsea where the ball's come to Besic. He's tried a Cruyff turn or he's tried a little flick um, and there was absolutely nobody there. It was not long after he signed for Everton as well. Um, and yeah, I think Chelsea went away and scored. I think the result that day was 6-3 to Chelsea. Um, oh, wow. And I don't think he's been the same since then, which is a shame because he is a, a ball-winning midfielder. Yes, he's a hothead, but he can do a job still. But I don't think in recent seasons he's had enough game time or you know enough minutes to really show what he can do. Um, so it's been a bit of a shame, really, that for for Mo Besic, but um, yeah, a decent, I'd say, a decent player, um, but definitely a forgotten man for sure. Hence why he's in the team. Um, and alongside him, uh, somebody who has experience of a couple of promotions, believe it or not, from the championship. 
um, not only with his current club, but was once upon a time a, a very key member of Wolverhampton Wanderers' squad. Um, and that is Super Kevin McDonald's. Um, yeah. Again, real, real forgotten man. I think when Fulham were coming up um, that first time around, was instrumental uh, in the in that side um, alongside Stefan Johansson, who's just gone to QPR on loan again, was in my was in my thinking for this team. But you know they they had that three of McDonald, Johansson, and Tom Kearney with with Sessignon on the left. Um, yeah. and, and Fulham were a really, really good side then. But since then, I don't, I can't remember him kicking a ball at all. Um, so it's been really, really strange. I don't know if injuries have really hampered Kevin McDonald or the fact that Fulham <laughs> just ended up buying you know, half yeah. a centre mids because they went up and decided to spend over 100 million. Um, yeah. But a player that is still, you know, I think 31. So, you know, he's still got a couple of years left in him for sure. Um, and a decent, decent midfield player, um, you know, probably not Premier League standard, but, you know, could could probably fill a, fill a gap somewhere. Um, but, yeah, it been really, really interesting to see his drop off, considering how crucial he was for Fulham in, in that first time around that they that they did get promoted. Um, so, yeah, my midfield two, uh, Mo Besic and, and Kevin McDonald. Oh, OK. Um, I was going to say, um, you mentioned Kevin McDonald being important in that Fulham squad when they got promoted. Um, and obviously, like you said, when they one thing you pointed out was when Fulham went up, they decided to just be careless with their money and spend pretty much on a bunch of centre mids. Now, there's one centre mid that was part of that shopping spree, that transfer spending spree that has actually recently got a move out of the club on loan back to France. But if he was still in the club, would you have considered him? His name is John Michael Serry. Yes, John Michel Serry. Um, I have to admit, Serry wasn't in in my line of thinking, I have to say. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, a really, really interesting one because he was touted to, you know, Milan, both Milan clubs wanted him. Barcelona were linked with him before he chose Fulham. Um, <laughs> yeah, work that one out. Um, I think his agent needs sacking, really, because if you're getting linked to Barcelona and all of these guys and you end up at Fulham, then something's clearly, clearly not yeah. right. Um, but yeah, a lot of hype. And then came into that Fulham side, obviously, we know kind of what happened there that the loads of signings and a load of players turned up but I always felt with with Seri that if he's as good as everybody's making out then he would show it in in that struggling side like he would still show his qualities but I don't think he had I don't think he did um and that was the real disappointment and then I think last season was on loan uh out in Turkey with Galatasaray I believe um and has come back and you know just can't get couldn't not get a look in um at Fulham so you know he's now he's now out on loan but yeah I have to say that Seri was not was not in my uh in my line of thought thinking uh for this particular team um cool. I don't know if he was close for you Nelson but he was certainly not not that close no, for me. no not 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 close to me I didn't consider him but I recently found out last night that he had gotten a move uh out on loan and I just thought I'd uh, get your opinion on him and if he was in your you can you can tension and get yeah. Right then, my three off my main striker. Um, I've gone I've gone big with this first one. Um, okay. 
Do you fancy a Premier League winner, a no. European Championship winner, mm-hmm. and a World Cup winner? Okay. Juan, big. Juan Mata. Yeah. Coming in, coming in off the right-hand side, as he has done for the last good few years. Um, you know, has won, you know, as I mentioned there, Premier Leagues, European Championships, World Cups. Um, you know, one uh, player of the year in his time at Chelsea as well. And I think it was, he won it and then uh, was sold in the January um, after that. He went to Man United under under David Moyes and uh, yeah, he's been at United ever since. But technically, I think he's a fantastic little player, Juan Mata. Um, loved his qualities uh, on the ball. Um, has given me a few you know, nightmares at times in his time at Chelsea, especially popping up with goals and assists through passes, you know, you name it, he can, he can pretty much do it. I think he was always one of them that never had any pace anyway. Um, Getting hoisted out on the right-hand side, I think has killed him a little bit, but um, you know, a little bit, a little bit similar to Van der Beek, uh, for you in the sense that he, he's played in, you know, those Carabao Cup games, um, which, you know, have been against lesser opposition um, and hasn't really got a look in um, too much uh, for for Ole, um, but is is a, still a fantastic player and a good a good option to have. Um, yeah. It's, even on the bench, it's like, we, you know, if you're bringing somebody with that, that level of quality, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna cause teams problems. So yeah, Juan Mata is on the right. Um, in my number ten position, um, I've gone with a teammate of of your left winger Christian Atsu, um, yes. and I've gone with with Henri Save. Now this Ooh. this particular player, wow! I mean, he was brought in at Newcastle. Um, I'm trying to. Th- it might have been Steve McLaren that brought him in. That's how long ago it it's it, it. I'm pretty sure it was Steve McLaren that brought him in. So he's been there a while, but honestly, I you could probably count on one hand the amount of appearances he actually has <laughs> for Newcastle. Like how he's still there, Nelson. I've got no idea. Like literally, yeah, no idea. Me neither. Um, and I was I was very very surprised to see that he's still on the squad list at Newcastle, but just does not feature at all. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean it's a strange one. Um, as we said, why is why is he still there? Basically, he's literally robbing a living and nicking a wage um, at, at the minute. So, yeah, but I think Newcastle's problem might be they can't shift him um, and get him out and get him off the wage bill. But um, yeah, I'd love to go on and try and justify, you know, Surveys' qualities or anything like that. But as I say, with a, with probably a handful of games over his his period, I know he's had a couple of loans. Uh, in there as well but yeah I've not even seen anything that would make me go well he's a good player or he's this or he's that he's just been there um, you know his boots must be collecting dust or cobwebs or something in the boot room because they're <laughs> never used um, or anything like that so uh, yeah Homri Survey is in the number 10 uh, position um, moving on to left wing now this particular player was brought to England by Marco Silva, um, and that is Kamil Grzyski. Um, So Marco Silva brought him in in his time at Hull, and 
did really, really well. Um, I think everybody liked Marco Silva when he was at Hull, um, you know, for the way that they played. I just think that unfortunately it was just, they just ran out of games in the end, uh, Hull. And yeah. he, Marco Silva couldn't quite keep them in the league. Um, but Grzyski was actually a decent player um, and did quite, quite well. Um, and there was, you know, when Hull went down, you would think that he would be one that would move on. Um, but he did stay around uh, for for a little while, and it was only until fairly recently, uh, I think it might have been even just up to last season, that he left last January um, and made the move to West Brom. Now, his West Brom career has not gone to plan at all. Um, was brought in, and again, I think has barely kicked a ball. Um, obviously, he had that, that time in the Championship. They then got promoted, and there was a move lined up for him to go to Nottingham Forest um, in the summer window. That didn't materialise um, for the from the domestic window. Um, I think that was a loan deal. Didn't happen and has, has just been sat at West Brom ever since. I think, um, you know, I think there might have been another move that he tried to get, which failed. So he's been a bit unlucky with that. Um, but yeah, Grzyski is a player that has definitely been forgotten about and um, like I say, especially when he was at Hull, he was he was a decent decent player. Um, so yeah, he he gets the left wing uh, spot in there for for my team. Nice, 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 nice. I'll be honest, like you've, I think you you in terms of obviously the point of this is to pick forgotten men, and I think you've done a very very good job in picking men that when you brought their names up, I was like him. Okay, like he is definitely someone that I've forgotten. So, yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, mine, my midfield has a bit of guile, but yours has a bit of industry. So, I like yours. Any that you considered in that midfield that didn't make it? Um, there was there was quite a few. I'm not going to lie, but they all ended up either getting back in the team or getting moves. Um, so Atsu was one. Uh, Shakiri, yeah. uh, Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, those those were th they're three names that that really really sort of stand out um, for for me um, in terms of you know in my thinking. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can all I can. I think Hurahan at Villa um, was oh, okay. one, and having watched uh, Swansea Norwich on Friday what a signing he's going to be for Swansea because he was excellent that night um, and he, he was pulling strings left, right and centre. Again, was crucial to Villa, um, you know, from coming up from the Championship and then even last year in, in the Premier League, a real good technician, um, but has just found himself dislodged by the fact that Villa have now got Douglas Louise, Marvellous Nakamba, Ross Barkley, John McGinn, players like that. So he's just found himself out of, out of the, the Villa you know, uh, the Villa team. Homry Lansbury uh, was also in there, a player that you mentioned last week uh, with the transfer window. He was definitely there um, yes, I did. As, as well. So, yeah, there was definitely a few in there, but I had to make a few a few tweaks late on uh, to the team. That is, that is for sure. Cool, cool, cool. So we now move forward to your lone striker. Um, who have you got in there to challenge Connor Wickham? So banging the goals for your forgotten men XI. I don't I don't think I'm gonna get on 
that kind of forgotten level. Okay. Um, because I think Connor Wickham was, you know, a fantastic addition for you because he burst onto the scene at Ipswich and everybody thought, here we go. You know, he was one of the next big things. Went to Palace and it was a bit of a strange move because, again, the bigger clubs in, in the Premier League were, were looking at him. He's been so unlucky with injuries. Um, oh, no, he didn't go to Palace. Sorry, he went to Sunderland, um, I think, oh, it's and then went to Palace. But, yeah, it was one of those where when once Sunderland had bought him, it was like, oh, blimey, they've ended up getting this like young, hot protege. Um, been so unlucky with injuries and, um, yeah, has, been, has had loads and loads of loan moves uh, since. Um, but, yeah, anyway, you get Connor Wickham and I've got this young young fella who in his time at his club Southampton has scored some decent goals um but I think there's always probably going to be a backup option for for somebody um scored a, a brilliant goal against Chelsea last last season on Boxing Day um and that is Michael Obafemi um Ooh, okay uh I mean Obafemi has got a very decent build about him. Um, you know, he's, he's quite stocky. He's got a bit of pace um, as well, but I just think he is, I mean, he's injured at the moment. So, you know, probably won't be able to play anyway, um, which was really, really unfortunate. I think there was a loan move in place for him to go to Swansea and then he picked up his injury, uh, which was unfortunate for him. But um, yeah, I think when I have seen him, I've been, fairly impressed like he looks lively looks like he can do a little bit um fairly decent for a goal as well um but yeah he's been really really forgotten he he would kind of have a little spell in the Southampton team or you know would come off the bench and then all of a sudden you wouldn't see him for for god knows how long and then it was like oh Obafemi's on the bench like um so yeah he's he's the man that I've gone with as my number nine but I did have a few others that were that were in consideration. Um, none other than Islam Slimani uh, was was one. Um, unfortunately, he got, ended up getting a move to Leon. Uh, Shane Long, Oberfemi's teammate, but then he decided to get yeah. a day move to Bournemouth, so that really killed me <laughs> um, as, as well. So, yeah, there was a couple of others, but I went with Oberfemi um, for that reason, that he would come into the team or come off the bench, have a half-decent game, but then you wouldn't see him for for a good sustained period of time um, and stuff. It's just unfortunate now that, that he is injured. Also um, in contention is Hal Robson Carnu. Yes. Um, everybody yeah. remembers him from the Euros when he sent half of Belgium's team <laughs> uh, back to Belgium um, with that Cruyff turn and slotted it um, past Thibaut Courtois. But um, yeah, Hal Robson Carnu was another one, but I, I just went with Oberfemi. Um, but no, those two were Robson Carney and Obafemi were very much neck and neck. But yeah, Obafemi just tipped in yeah. uh, for that particular spot. You happy with that team, Nels? Yeah, I think that would be a really good, a really good match. I think one thing we need to do is that we've. I feel like one thing we need to do is do like a a special FIFA episode or something where all the you know elevens that we've done. In, Terms of underrated, overrated, put them in one spot and then just let them have a dig at one another. So 
no, I'm really, I'm really happy with you. I, I like your excited, but I think one day we've got to get them into like a FIFA game or something or similar match. That way we know whose squad actually comes out on top. But uh, I like, I like, I like your excited. Um, so yeah, I think that completes both of our teams. It, it uh, does indeed. Today. It does indeed. Um, guys, thank you ever so much for, for listening and watching. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I know that me and Nelson did as well. And that one was probably the toughest out of the 11s that, that we have done. Um, you know, as we mentioned with the January transfer window, it did kill us slightly with uh, with some selections. Um, so, yeah. And if you do want us to do that uh, that FIFA game that, that Nelson was, was alluding to there, please let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and let us know your thoughts as well on our particular teams um, and who you think, uh, if they were to come up head to head, who you think would win? Would it be Team Nelson or would it be Team Wes? Um, so that concludes all, it's all for today. Um, Nelson, thank you once again for, for coming on. Um, don't thank forget, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the notification bell so you know every time that we post. Follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, um, WM32Football for those. The online shop, live and direct, coming through like AJ Tracy. Um, so you can cop your WM32Football merchandise from the website, www.wm32football.com forward slash shop for that. Um, and we hope that you guys all stay safe um, and stay healthy, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, and we hope to see you really, really soon. Nelson, thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you.